Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The Kids Are Not Alright, a lighthearted sister-run podcast about family separation and all the messy bits in between. So today, it's I think it's our third episode already. Um, after I got uh, personal in episode two, today it's Sophia's turn. She's in the hot seat and she will be sharing her own journey and perception of um, our parents' separation. Um, as we mentioned last time, it is really important for us to share our personal stories with you because, well, we found very little out there about other adult children of divorce and hope that this is kind of the start to people like us hearing stories that are similar to theirs, um, and thereby starting to form a sense of connection and community as adult children of divorce. So without further ado, <laughs> we're jumping straight in. <laughs> get ready to be vulnerable. I kind of want to start this off by saying that um, listening to your or listening to you speak was really interesting just because I obviously resonated in a lot of things and also remembered a lot of things that I'd forgotten about. Um, but then at the same time realized that I kind of experienced a lot of the same things in a very different way. And also like, I just realized that I've blocked out so many things in my memory from this time. And I also guess I want to say one, one other thing I wanted to say before I get into it is that for me growing up the way that we did, family was everything. You know, I think growing up abroad, especially, you really rely on the family unit um, when you move from place to place. And yeah, we, as you kind of mentioned this before, our family was kind of very harmonious. Our, our relationship with our parents, the relationship that we saw between our parents, like all of that was in my child brain picture perfect. Obviously now that's changed a lot. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to say that my family was everything to me. And I kind of had this whole identity that was based around being a sister and being a daughter and, and the separation really like, you know, shattered that. Um, and yeah, I, I just wanted to give that as like a pretext before going in. So obviously when, Papa had announced that he was, or our father, sorry, I, I call him Papa because it's just the German way of calling um, your father, father. <laughs> but yeah, so when he kind of announced that, it was so weird. It was like, it wasn't happening to me. It was like a completely out of body experience of like, how can this family be be breaking down? Um, and honestly, like, I think I was completely in shock and just like, didn't even want to believe it. And I remember I have like, you know, there's a few distinct memories that kind of pop out to me in this journey that like I've I've written down. And like one of them was definitely going on a walk right after, you know, our father had announced this and I was going on a walk with our mother. And um, I just remember we were just having this like super surreal conversation around like what just happened. And like she obviously didn't I think, you know, she'd obviously had a bit of a heads up, but she was in complete shock as well. And I just remember her still like sitting on this rock and I just felt so helpless. I just remember I sat there like holding her. And this moment for me was like, you know, seeing my mother in the state, it just like made me want to do everything in, in my power to, to look out for her. 
And like from then on, I like put that pressure on myself of like, I need to make sure that like I get her through this. And that was kind of like, yeah, a pretty monumental moment for me. I think it's so interesting, right? Because we both had the same feeling of like what is happening for the first moments and days maybe. But then based on the events that happened immediately after, we took such a fundamentally different mindset and approach. Yeah. I wonder if that's because of also like you, you know, you obviously talk a lot about being the older sister and maybe that like position in the family made you feel like, right, I need to look out for everyone. And like, I didn't actually have that so much with you and Manina. <laughs> like our mother was like the main person that I was like, I, I need to protect. I do also think like in our family, you are probably out of us three girls, you're probably the more emotional one. And I think <laughs> yeah. you're probably also more of the people pleaser. I definitely am a people pleaser, but I think harmony is so important for you. Yeah, I'm a total people pleaser. Like, I just want everyone to be happy and feel good. And yeah, it was this like, I, I like to have control over that. You know, I like right. to have control over how I make people feel and how people feel in general. And and this was like a completely new experience for me of like, I don't have control at all. And all these people are feeling all these different things around me. And that was just very, very overwhelming. And, you know, I was 19 years old. I was in my first year of university. I wasn't very happy necessarily in university. I had other things that were going on at the time with, you know, socially as well. And and that was just like the, the next bad thing that had like kind of happened to me. Um, and again, like it was like university was meant to be the time in your life where you just let go and have fun and like, and I, I just never had that. I, I kind of almost feel robbed of that experience. And yeah, and then I think I had a very close relationship to to our father. Um, and we, yeah, we were super close. And that was like the added like pressure in a way, because like one thing that I remember that happened right after was we had a family friend reach out to me and he said, you know, you guys were particularly close. Like if you can, you know, get him to agree to come back home then like he would listen to you because like you have that close relationship. And honestly, like even though this family friend obviously just wanted to be nice and probably just help us in that situation, it actually read that really scarred me for a long time because I put this pressure on myself of like, I am responsible for trying to get him back. And I think this is where when we were talking about this last time, I didn't have this mentality of like anger. I'm going to go at it alone. I had this mentality of like, what can I do? to bring peace back into this family, to make this family happy again? What can I do to get our dad back? And like, I'm, I'm, I've always shown my like <laughs> acts of love. You know, I've written letters ever since I was a little girl and would put it on everyone's pillows and, you know, or like send flowers when someone's feeling down. And, and like, I, like those are the smallest things, but I, in my head, I was like, if I send him flowers, then he's going to come back, which like now looking back is so, it's so stupid. I mean, it's so sweet though. Like it's such a cute thought, honestly. And it is the way that you've always shown love and affection, I think for people. Yeah. And I remember like our mother was on board as well. And like, cause um, our dad's favorite flowers are sunflowers and he always says like they they brighten up his day and stuff so I was like okay let's let's get sunflowers and and tell him that 
you know, send him a letter and say that like the door is open. He can always come back if he wants to. And yeah, like I really did a lot of those things at the beginning. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like, I just have like this like parallel picture in my mind where like you're like preparing sunflowers, like all loving. And I'm like in the gym, like just like pedaling into my bike and then like flashback to you, like preparing a cute little letter. Like it's just so bizarre how different our reactions were. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, let me just do this little thing. I was panicking, like fully panic, panic mode. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was kind of just my first efforts. And then those efforts were ignored. And then that is where I think we meet in like our anger because I decided to cut all contact. And that kind of helped me in a way because it made me like not speaking to him made me less angry. But yeah, I also had this thing of like, I need to become super independent now and I don't want to be dependent on him. So I ended up getting a job in a restaurant. Like I totally threw myself into university work and like isolated myself from my friends. And then I also had like a little bit of self-destructive behavior. Um, I had one of those two phone calls with our father and I don't, again, like I don't remember what it was about or what triggered it, but I remember I called him and I was like super angry about something. And it was the first time that I actually shouted at him because I never raised my voice in front of him. It was after that phone call. I remember I hung up and I decided to go and buy a whole pack of cigarettes. <laughs> kind of like as like this rebellious, self-destructive mode. I just went and bought a whole pack and just, just smoked the entire pack of cigarettes. And in my head, I was like, you are making me do this. Like, this is your fault. Like, if I die of lung cancer, like, this is this is my father's fault because he's making me smoke this pack of cigarettes. And like, again, such a stupid way of dealing with it. But that is just um, what I did. I think the hardest part that followed was this limbo phase. Yeah, I mean, um, just on the limbo phase, I also mentioned that in um, in my story. Um, and I think, you know, that alone is, is, is just a journey of its own. Yeah, it was definitely the hardest thing for me. It was just like the many back and forth. And I think it was be especially because I've, of that mindset that I was talking about earlier of like, I like wanted to control everything. And or like I wanted people to be happy, and then it would be like this thing of yeah, we're, we're we're together again, or like we're having this great time on holiday, and I'd be like yes, like my plans have worked, and I'd be like really excited, and then it'd be like no, actually we had a really bad talk, and and like during this phase, also I should say like it was very like constantly talked about, and like we were kind of as children looped in to what was happening, like in a way we were very aware and that that was so hard because i just felt like i was on the sidelines of a of like a match <laughs> like not a match but i was just like fully just on the sidelines of just like watching something and like trying to analyze it and being like is this a good sign is this a bad sign like did they just have a horrible conversation how can they help how can i help them if they've had a like and i was constantly looking for signs and and like comments to like cling on to and like that was just awful it was a it was right. an awful thing for me can I just ask there because I think control and wanting to have a sense of control obviously is a very big theme for you um and in that first part of the journey that very much was about like doing everything you can to have our father return 
home. Yeah. Did that transition now in that phase where in that limbo phase that that need? No, or, like okay. I kind of like lied to myself in the sense where I was like, yeah, like whatever happens happens. But then like whenever there was like good things going on or like when they were getting on, it fed back to that an initial where I was like, right. Oh, he's coming home. He's coming home. Like this is working. And I constantly, I mean, I, even to you, when we would talk about things, I would always be like mission, get mama and papa back together. Sorry. Mama and papa again is the German way of saying father and mother. But yeah, like I literally, I, I would have these like little missions in my head of like, this, this is working. And like, I mean, even up to like last summer or two summers ago where we, where we celebrated their like 30th wedding anniversary and like, when really now looking at back like it was actually horrible like we kind of like they definitely weren't in a good space and we kind of were just like surprise here's balloons and you know like and and that I mean I know we did it because we wanted to be there and be supportive but yeah I think there could have been a lot of things that there are a lot of things that could have been kind of avoided in this time and avoided from whose perspective my perspective like just like like, to protect yourself you yeah. should have avoided it. Yeah, okay. yeah. Other adult children of divorce would probably also resonate with this because the reality is while all of this is happening and you're watching your parents in this limbo, you personally are also struggling to rebuild trust in maybe specifically one of the parents and also trust in family and being together is the right thing for us. Yeah, exactly. There's a there's a general confusion there while all of this is happening around you. So I can very much understand that you then clung on to anything that you could, especially if it comes from that need for control, right? Yeah, exactly. I I just clung on the whole time and right. And I think for me like now looking back with time but really with time, like we're talking years, I started to understand that, you know, at the end of the day, this is a breakdown of a marriage of two people, both who've done many mistakes and that there's a whole past in that as well. Like uh, they, they were together before I was even born, you know, for many years. And there was a realization for me at some point, And I think that came with therapy as well, where I, I managed to kind of split the two in my head where I was like, this is their relationship and not mine. and. I think for me, that made me realize, right, I have no control over this. Like, this is a relationship that, yes, I'm a child as a result of this relationship, but it's not mine. And I just need to let them do their thing and let them, like, let the relationship run its course. And that, for me, enabled me to let go of this feeling of control, like needing to control everything. And that has been quite liberating for me. All right. So then in the last year or so, where are you at now, uh, mentally and emotionally? I'm definitely on a roller coaster ride. I have highs and I have lows, moments where I feel really strong and moments where I feel really weak. In terms of like what you were talking about in the last episode of forgiveness, I don't really feel like I'm there yet. Um, and I, I understand that, you know, I'm trying to redefine family for myself and I'm having 
I've really actually like this is has been a nice thing that's come out of it is that I've like really focused on my singular my singular relationships with you, with our younger sister, with my mother, maybe less so than with my father. I honestly like I feel like I've been putting that off probably the most. Um, and it's just kind of helped me understand that like I can still yes, like this picture perfect family that I always thought I had like doesn't exist anymore but I can still have a family outside of of this nuclear family ideal like I I it it just looks different now um and I haven't lost it because at the beginning I remember I thought I've lost my family like my family doesn't exist anymore and and I sometimes feel that still but you know I haven't lost anyone (laughs) really that makes sense but to what yeah. extent, sorry, to what extent do you feel that your sense of like wanting to protect our mother is linked to your ability to forgive our father? It probably is 100% linked. And like she doesn't give me the she doesn't give me the feeling like I still need to protect her like on the contrary I think she's very she we've had conversations where she said to me, you know, I'm a grown woman, I can deal with this and you're the child right. and you shouldn't be dealing with it. And she's definitely given me the space to, to let go of that feeling. Yeah. Um, but I still have it. I mean, it's, it's just incredible, like how interlinked relationships are in family, right. And not just to each other, but what that means for our own life and how we live our life and how we build our own relationships, like you said. Right. And I don't think that that's to be underestimated. Um, especially as adults, as adult children of divorce, because you're so clear on what's happening. Exactly. But I think, and this is kind of just to close everything off. I do think that like this letting go has been so big for me and like, in a way, like being an adult child of divorce, it, it has like, maybe like almost there is that benefit of like, I have my own life. I have my own, like I live, I live in my own house. I have my, my own relationship with my boyfriend. Like I can focus on myself. I can, I'm not at home anymore. I can, I can do those. I can put my energy into those things and I, I can let go and not feel like I need to control things anymore and just let nature run its course. Um, so that's like definitely just been the biggest thing for me at the moment. And I think that's really powerful. Um, don't underestimate that, especially because your main theme has been been the need for control. I mean, you're doing exactly the opposite of what had made you feel safe previously. Exactly. You know? So you're really jumping into all the emotions now. <laughs> I think it's probably a pretty critical part for yeah how you define yourself going forward. Yeah, by the famous words of Elsa from... Frozen. <laughs> Let, it go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> I actually don't know the lyrics afterwards. I just know that. So, well, thank you so much for sharing. I know that that's not easy. And I know that there's a lot that you had to also let out, just leave out of this conversation based also just on the time limit that we're trying to achieve. But, you know, as I mentioned yeah. in my episode as well, there'll be other things that we'll start sharing throughout the episodes linked to whatever topic we're discussing. So definitely not going to miss out on anything. Yeah, you cannot put all of this into one single episode for sure. Well, thank you everyone for listening and stay tuned for episode four now, um, which will come out soon. Um, Yeah, 
We are the kids. Are not right. Thank you very much and see you soon. Bye.